0: Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheeselinks, bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au
1: Hi everyone, welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. That's me, and you're Sarah.
2: I am, in the non-lockdown uh, capital city oh! of Victoria. <laughs>
1: Who would have thought that this time last year
2: we were looking at everyone else having lives,
1: uh-huh. weren't we? I'm not. Uh, I'm not in the least bit no. thumbing my nose at anyone with this. It's well.
2: hard, yacker.
1: It is. But making cheese isn't. It's not. <laughs> making cheese is not hard <laughs> nice segue, Kevin. And you can do it whether you're in lockdown, whether you're in hoedown, whether you're in whatever down you're in. Mm. You can do it. And you can do it with the help of Janet at cheese Links by giving her a call on 52821984. You may actually be in the state listening to this in lockdown thinking, what the hell am I going to do it myself? Get some
2: cheese making equipment through Janet. She'll sort you out with what you need to start your cheese making journey. And you can go from beginners right through to advanced.
1: And for those of you in New South Wales, you might need to get the really long one, I think. Cheeselinks.com.au is the uh, the website. All the social mm-hmm. media platforms, that all-important telephone number is 52821984.
2: Zero three outside
1: Melbourne. That's the one now double banger uh, episode of, uh, of Food Bites. We have Two guests, it's not a, one, but two. It's like a Cadbury top-deck chocolate, it's got it, two layers. It is. First, I will talk to Pauline Christie, who's the slow cook queen.
2: She is of Australia. She's got a huge social media following. She has got some fantastic tips about uh, owning a slow cooker and how to utilise it.
1: A huge social media following. <laughs> Sorry, that's the understatement. Hundred thousand.
2: Yeah, it's amazing.
1: That's a population of a country.
2: She is the Grand Pooh Bar of uh,
0: Slow cookers.
1: And to finish off, uh, after we do the Friday food poll, we're going to have a a special little ending, a very special Mm. ending for the Tour de France. We have the Plateau Tour.
2: Oh, Kevin, I love that accent. Can you do it again?
1: Guillaume (laughs) Brahimi. (laughs)
2: Guillaume (laughs) Brahimi. Oh, wonderful! Renowned French chef who is doing a different course or a different recipe for every stage of the Tour de oh, France. Yeah, yeah. And there are some beautiful regions oh. in France, uh, which oh gosh, some beautiful, beautiful dishes. Your yep. mouth is going to be watering. I'm oh, telling you now. It
1: already is, but let's uh, let's talk slow cookers first up, and let's get to our first guest on Food Bites.
0: You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.
1: Thank you for joining us on Food Bites, Pauline thank you for having me. <laughs> Pauline, I cannot think of
2: a better occasion to be talking to someone about oh. slow cooking. Here in Melbourne, it is absolutely freezing and uh, I can think of nothing more than I would like uh, than a lovely uh, slow cooked uh, meal. Look, you, you are, you're you are—you're the guru. How how uh, did this all come about?
3: <laughs> um, I think probably I was attracted to slow cooking initially like a lot of people are. Um, I've very time for at dinner time, you know, it's a busy summer day and I'm a nurse who works shift work, and I think that was what first attracted me to slow cooking was you know I was working strange hours and I wanted to cook dinner that make it easier and actually uh, one of those workplace book packs arrived and it had some slow cooker books in it, and that's what initially sparked my interest and it all kind of went from there because I was trying to make dinner easier and I think in the end I created more work for myself, but <laughs> you know why, it's a lot easier.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean one slow cooker is uh, you know fine, but you've got thirty of them. Is that right? <laughs>
3: I do, I do. I have a big wall of shelves in my garage <laughs> full of slow cookers. But, I mean, in my defense, you know, my husband's a painter. and He doesn't have just one paintbrush. So, <laughs> I tell people it's quite normal that I have a lot of slow cookers. And, very you know, I point. review them as well. Yeah. <laughs> we do reviews on, on the mall to tell people about the features. And I try to test recipes across a lot of different cookers. So that's my excuse, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's fair, that's fair. On social media,
2: Pauline, you have a a massive um, following and have created a really close uh, community that interacts with one another and shares recipe and is really enthusiastic about this style of uh, cooking.
3: Yeah, we've got about just under 629,000 members in our group at the moment. And, I mean, they're from countries all over the world. A large portion is from Australia, about, I think, 400-odd thousand. But um, the rest certainly come from every country you can imagine. And it's even though it's really large, it feels like a, a small sort of warm community, which I like as well. So, yeah. When you
2: started out, did you expect things to get to, yeah. to this point? You know, 30 slow cookers <laughs> and, a, and a huge community that you have on social media?
3: Absolutely not. I mean, when I started the group back in 2013, I really was just looking for somewhere where I could talk about slow cooking and share a couple of recipes and you know, I told my my own friends about it and thought maybe they might be interested to to join and, and share their recipes. But I didn't really expect, uh, in any way, expect it to snowball the way it did. But friends added their friends and friends added their friends. And before I knew it, it was just going crazy. So mm. <laughs> the more people that arrive, the more recipes we get to share, the more you know, skills and knowledge we can build. So it's a good thing all around.
1: Pauline, what are the fallacies about slow cookers? I mean, uh, the, the, from a bloke point of view, from, a, you know, he's not a great cooker, but the slow cooking thing I love because a, it makes me look better and I don't have to do a lot of work. Is that one of the great sort of attractions of it?
3: I think it is. I think that the, the, the attraction of coming home at the end of a busy day and dinner basically cooked for you is a big draw card. Um And there's a few, like you mentioned, fallacies about it. As People think, oh, well, it must cost you a heap of electricity because you know you're cooking your food for eight hours and they'll say, Well I can do that on the stove in an hour or whatever. But it's actually a lot cheaper because a slow cooker costs about four cents an hour to run and your oven or stove is about sixty cents. So even if you've slow cooked for eight hours, you're still only, you know, spending half the electricity that you would have. Um, so that's something that a lot of people think incorrectly about. And I think growing up we all have memories of maybe Silver side or stewed, you know, the slow cooker come out and you'd be eating the same meal for quite a few days in a row. And um, people, a lot of people think that's all we do in them soups and stews and silver sides, basically. But hopefully, we're showing people that we do so much more and, you know, every food type and every meal, desserts, breakfasts everything, so. <laughs> yeah, it,
2: it, it's it's amazing when, when you think about the uh, the range of things you can do in a in a slow cooker, and this is probably a really hard question, Pauline, because you've obviously made so many things in the slow cooker, but are there particular <laughs> savoury, sweet, or other recipes that stand out as favourites for you?
3: Well, for our family, we do have the regular hitters that we do a lot. That would be uh, slow-cooked roast lamb. I've got one on Ooh, today, actually, which yum. is smelling amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we do spaghetti bolognese pretty much every week. I love that long slow cook of the spaghetti mince sauce is really great flavours. Mm. Um, I do a lot of slow cooker quiche for lunch boxes. Now that winter's here, the kids love a porridge in the morning in the slow cooker. So I mean I certainly have my favourites, but the one thing about our house is that there's constantly new recipes okay. being tested. So for the poor kids, you know, if they love one I'll like, say, that's great. We can have that one again in another few months, but I've got to move on to these other new recipes. So
1: <laughs> well, in just, is, variety. Is there anything you can't do in a slow cooker?
3: <laughs> really, the only thing that you can't do is something that needs to be deep fried because it needs yeah. that really hot uh, oil. And we're trying to avoid deep fried food mostly anyway. But um, other than that, no, there's nothing. We do cakes and pavlovas and we do this little thing called a tea towel trick, which is – Basically, if you lift the lid of your slow cooker off and you lay a tea towel over the cooker, put the glass lid back on and wrap that tea towel up tightly around the lid, it makes kind of like a condensation catcher under the lid oh. and that allows us to cook all those dry things like the desserts and baking and that because normally your lid would sort of drip down during cooking. Yeah. Um, but that's a little trick that gets us into a lot broader range of recipes and what always surprises me is, many people don't have an oven or they don't have a working oven or they're in a rental and they've got all these recipes that, you know, sure, they can be done in an oven, but if you don't have one, they think they can't cook it. So, they're loving using their slow cookers for all these non-traditional sort of things as well, which is really good. It gives people more of a range to choose from.
2: Paul, and you make it sound like uh, the average house could uh, possibly get by without an oven or a, a stovetop. top. <laughs>
3: I, I really think they can. I mean, I, I, do, I do do a lot of slow cooking, but I would probably use my oven. I'll be lucky to use it once a month, and which is a good thing because mine's sort of partially broken as well, and I have to close the door with a broom handle. But <laughs> um, I really very rarely use my oven, and so you know it works for me. And a lot of people in our group they'll start with one slow cooker, like what people would consider normal, and. Um, you know, before long, they've got a second one and a third one because they want to do their main meal and their side veggies or their dessert or, you know, most people are gathering a couple of slow cookers and then they don't use their stove oven at all, which is great. <laughs> and it's cheaper and it's, you know, yeah. money saving and time saving. What's not to love? <laughs> so you,
2: might you, um, on an average uh, night, have uh, one slow cooker on the boil with uh, with a savoury meal for dinner and one going at the same time with maybe a cake or something for dessert
3: I've definitely done that. At some <laughs> nights I've had like four and five going if I'm doing a big entertaining sort of wow. family barbecue. I mean, even if we're barbecuing, I'm slow cooking because I'll do the fried rice or a potato bake in the slow cooker while hubby's got the meat on the on the barbecue or um, if we're entertaining, I'll have a dessert in the slow cooker like a self saucing chocolate pudding or oh. something really yummy. But um it seems like no matter what we're eating, there's slow cooker feature in there somewhere. <laughs> hey, Pauline, can I ask you, well,
1: what are you, what do you look for in a slow cooker? If you're going to buy, if someone's listening to this now and thinking, this is a great idea, I want to get a slow cooker, what what sort of things should you look for in a slow cooker and what sort of things should you not look for, if you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, well, I think the first consideration, besides price, I mean, the price is it's pretty affordable as far as appliances go. They can range from like $20 up to, say, $100, so depending on your budget, the first thing to really consider is the size. Um, The average sort of large slow cooker that you see is a six litre slow cooker. And that's great if you've got a big family or you like to do some meal prep or, you know, freeze leftovers. But sometimes uh, it might be just a couple or a single person. They don't really want that large size. So they make them in three and a half litres and 1.5 litres even. So I guess the first thing to think about is what size is right for your family. You want to have um, big enough so that you can fit a roast in, for example, if you want it, but not always to have a really empty cooker all the time. So, And the other thing, I guess, the main thing to consider is whether you like searing slow cookers. So when you think of the traditional slow cooker, they've got that ceramic bowl inside that you cook mm, in. Yep. And some people like to pre-brown their meat or their roast before they slow cook it, but that means extra dishes and extra mess and you lose the flavour that you leave behind in that dry pan. But the new generation of slow cookers are searing ones. So you can actually do the browning in the bowl because it's a metallic sort of nonstick slow cooker bowl. Oh. Some, yeah. So some of them you can put that bowl on the stove top. Others have the searing setting within the slow cooker unit itself. So um, I think that's one of my favorite features of the newer slow cookers and whether you've got access to that stove option or not, you'd probably decide you might want the one who's here in the actual slow cooker unit. But oh. they, they do everything, you know, all in one bowl, less mess.
2: <laughs> Pauline. I, mean, I think
1: we just found Disneyland.
2: <laughs> oh, well, Kevin and I just looked at each other. It was almost like a light bulb moment yeah. because I was going to ask you about the importance of, uh, of searing yeah. meat before you put it yeah. in the slow cooker, but you don't have to worry about that.
3: No, I mean, a lot of people. They want the convenience. And I'm one of those people. I very rarely do brown. I admit I just want to put it in the cycle, to turn it on and walk away. But equally, a lot of people like to have that extra flavor or even just the color in the finished dish. So yeah, these searing because you know, cater to both of those needs. You don't have to use the searing function if you don't want to. But likewise, that turning up the heat can also work at the end when you want to thicken the sauce or some of the bowls can go straight into the oven if you want to crackle your roast pork and stuff at the end. So. <laughs> They're really versatile these
1: days, which is great. Now, slow cooking appeals to the uh, to the male side of me in terms of <laughs> the lazy male side of me. You know, that you just whack it on there, go away, do whatever you want to do, go and play around the golf, go and do whatever, and then come back and do it. But the the kind of barbecue kev who likes to touch the food oh. and, and make around. Can you – should you just leave it alone yes. or should you – all right. <laughs> I'm asking Pauline, not you.
3: <laughs> Suddenly, there's a sort of a – there's a thought going around that, oh, some people say for every time you lift the lid you're going to add 30 minutes of cooking time, but I don't find that to be true. I'm a bit like you probably. I like to have a little look. I like to have a smell. <laughs> yes, I might smell, turn something yes. or give it a stir or – just I'm forever lifting the lid and having a look inside my slow cooker while I'm moving around during the day. So I don't find it really makes any difference to the cooking time. Um but likewise if you're not home and if you've chosen a long cooking recipe, it's okay not to be around to do that either. So yep.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kevin's a bit of a okay. poker, but that's good yeah. to know. Yeah. You can you can poke away, <laughs> Kevin.
3: Yep. Yeah, and I uh, and I, and I don't, I don't think... think it's lazy. As you said, you know, you're a lazy male cooker. There's nothing lazy about good time management, yeah. I
1: say. <laughs> I, I think one of the great joys of slow cooking is when you open the door and you smell the house that smells, <laughs> that, that to me is just one of those little moments of heaven.
3: Yeah, and my kids often will come home from school and they'll be sniffing the air and trying to guess what's in the slow cooker, <laughs> if it's one of their favourites as well. And I don't know what my neighbours think, but I hope that there's always a lot of yummy smells coming out of my house. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Pauline, um, at this time of the year, uh, winter, a lot of people love their soup and hearty, yeah. chunky soups. So I imagine you could do some pretty bonza soups in your uh, slow cooker.
3: Absolutely. On our on our website, we have all our recipes divided into sort of categories like beef and soup and chicken and stuff, and there's hundreds in the soup uh, category. I think a lot of people love that big pot of hot soup. For our family... Chicken and veggie soup and that classic pea and ham soup would probably be our oh. most repeated soup. Um, but there's so many different things you can do. And I love that most soups are great to freeze for leftovers. So I could have them at work, or hubby can take them to work in a thermos, or you just, you know, if you've got a busy day, drag out the soups on another night for an easy dinner. So I think a soup goes a long way when you're talking about a six litre pot full of it.
1: <laughs> hey, Paul and you, you've got over six hundred thousand, uh, you know, uh, followers of, of this worldwide and members of your of your club. Um, what's the more, more exotic stuff that uh, that they bring to the table from overseas? Mm.
3: Well, we've had some interesting meats that we don't often see in Australia. So, some people have submitted recipes for things like buffalo and pigeon and (laughs) 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 pigeon yes yep and people were like wait buffalo (laughs) you eat pigeons but we have to remind people that you know those recipes that come from more international members and there's you know different pie type dishes and that which are really interesting to see I'm probably not lining up to try the pigeon but (laughs) I do enjoy trying out the the different sort of um, ethnic recipes that we get shared as well it's great to to get to enjoy someone else's um, recipes that I wouldn't normally try, and I love that. Oh.
1: I wouldn't have thought that, you know, uh, other countries would have been into it as much as obviously we are. I thought...
3: Yeah, well, I mean, even when you look at our top countries, I mean, even within the top 10 of our members, we're featuring places like Malta and, you know, United Arab Emirates and and South Africa and the Philippines. And so, those people are bringing in all these great ideas, and likewise, they're getting to try our stuff. And you always see people like, what is this that you guys refer to? and And then as a community, they'll all be like, oh, this is what we call this. And between them, they'll work out what we're all referring to and how they can get it. And sometimes members will send ingredients to each other that they can't get in their country, which is really nice so that, you know, they can try different things as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How does someone uh, jump on and be part of this community? What's the easiest way to do that? It's obviously very easy to do, and, uh, and obviously there's, yep. a, there's a lot in it for you if you do.
3: <laughs> so our website is slowcookercentral.com, but if you're looking for us on Facebook, uh, our group name is Slow Cooker Recipes for Families, and the four is the number four. Yep. So Slow Cooker Recipes for Family, you just hit the Join button and you're in and we're easy to spot because we've got the 600 or so 1000 members so you can pick us out of the list anyway but um yeah we just add you and you're off and cooking <laughs> and uh any questions anyone
2: has they can just put them forth and uh the the members or yourself can help them out
3: absolutely and the thing i think that's the beauty of a facebook based community is that it's 24/7 round the clock so While I may although I am a night shift nurse, so I'm often awake at three in the morning, but on the on the days where I'm not awake at three in the morning there's somebody from overseas who is and it's like no matter where you are, there's thousands of people awake to help answer your question, which they do around the clock, which is it's really good. You're not limited by, you know, short business hours where 24-7, 24-7, seven days a week, every day of the year.
2: <laughs> hey, um, Pauline, just, uh, do, do you enjoy the publicity side of it when you do the odd TV appearance or photography <laughs> sessions? How do you go
3: with that? Is that a happy place for oh, you? It's not a, a camera pointing at me. It's not my happy place. <laughs> oh. It is about as unhappy as I can get. <laughs> I've done a, quite a few live TV, morning TV things now and I love it. The minute it's over, I'm like, oh, that was great. <laughs> but beforehand, I'm terrified. But I love podcasts and radio interviews because there's no cameras on me. It doesn't matter if I'm in my jammies. Absolutely. I can like talk slow cooking for hours.
1: <laughs> and the uh, and the title, Slow Cooker Queen, are you comfortable with
3: that? Well, I don't even know where it started, but it's definitely <laughs> one that stuck. And now people refer to me as that all the time, which is... It's really weird, and it's even stranger in personal in real life when you're at some place and someone's talking about you, and you realise like, oh, I think that's me they're talking about. I, I <laughs> think I we've totally found quiet. the name <laughs> for our
2: um, found the name for our podcast episode. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Pauline, thanks for sharing. You've uh, you've uh, you know just a, a wonderful thing. The slow cooker is just, I think, uh, one of the great inventions of all time. It is an absolute ripper, and uh, you can't go wrong with it, which is one of the great things about it.
3: I totally agree.
1: (laughs) Thanks for uh, joining us on Food Bites. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Polly.
3: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Have a great
1: day. All right, there's your slow cooker. That's everything you need to know and you just have to go to Slow Cooker Recipes for Families on Facebook, with the four being the number four. And uh, join the six hundred thousand who are already. Tell
2: famous. you what, I, I learned a couple on, of things out of that I didn't already know, like being able to sear your meat in the slow cooker, which we weren't kind what of across, were we? A
1: revelation that is.
2: It was a light bulb moment.
1: Okay, now this uh, this time, <laughs> this this edition of the food poll.
2: Yeah, the Friday food poll was is mine. Written, spoken, and authorised by Kevin P Hillier.
1: Yeah, it is, and, and it's all about nuts. <laughs>
2: How fitting is that for a start? Nuts. I'll give you nuts. Salted, lovely Nobby's oh, beer nuts. Yeah, love them. Kevin loves those. Uh, or your, your cashews, cashews. Yep. in the foil packet.
1: Yep, they're good Kevin, too. Kevin,
2: you're going to be hugely right. outnumbered. Off you go. Muriel Cooper, with a beer, beer nuts, otherwise cashews. Terry, Daniel, cashews and in stir fries too. So true. Mm. Rachel, cashews. Annie, cashews. Artie, Stevens. Okay, this is a good poll. I used to pour peanuts down my neck and they were always heavily salted. Q blood pressure, so I don't do that anymore. I actually can't eat them without salt, so I don't. Unfortunately, the same is true of cashews. But give me a Chinese beef and black bean sauce. Yes, I know, MSG. And pour those cashews in or even a special fried rice with cashews. Yum. So after all that diatribe, cashews.
1: Oh, I took, you took your time, Marty. <laughs> Michelle says cashews. Leanne says beer nuts. Glenn, bloody hell, Kev, what a choice. I must say cashews. Sue says cashew. Hands down. Mm. And Kathy says cashews, salted, of course. Yes.
2: Lydia, cashews. Len, cashews. Sue, cashews. I think there's a theme developing mm-hmm. here. Cherie, uh, cashews for her. Karen, cashews. Warren, cashews. <laughs> Tina, cashews. Peter, macadamias.
1: <laughs> oh, seriously, Peter. Honestly. <sighs> Patricia says cashews. Charlene, cashews, but like them both. Sylvana cashews. Lena says I want both. Russell says cashews. Mm.
2: Ross says cashews, 100%. Michelle says cashew nuts, mm-mm. Nick Co says beer.
1: And Wayne <laughs> writes, Whoa. cashew nuts are creamy little half-moon shaped pieces of heaven. Oh. They are a piece of magic that work as a snack in a salad or even in the culinary wonder that is Chinese food. <laughs> Just hold the bat as I like to go on holidays again one day. <laughs> um, beer nuts are something you eat if a wicked witch has put a curse on you. Yeah. I've never heard of a beer nut. Oh. I don't know a lot about botany, but I'm pretty sure Sir Joseph Banks never found a beer nut plant in his extensive travels. True. Uh, you're not as well-read as you think, Wayne. Uh, I'm willing to bet that beer nuts are a weird bag of scraps from the floor of the Nobby's factory sold to pissed idiots in pubs who have too much. Who've had too much to drink. They resemble the inside of Rick McCosker's man pouch if he got hit in the groin by Michael Holding on Boxing Day oh. at the MCG with a new kookaburra and he'd forgotten to put his boxing <laughs> Cashews rule for me. And the footnote on this one from Sue says, uh, Wayne, uh, and uh, the note to you and, uh, you and Wayne, these should be uh, collated and published in a book, The Wonderful World According to Wayne. Could be a fundraiser for a charity. Oh,
2: it's a bonzer idea, Sue. Charity asking. begins
1: at home, Sue. Cashews won by the length of the Flemington I Strait. could
2: have told you that.
1: The length of the Flemington Strait, but you know what? You know what I'll be having tonight? Uh, sounding like an Uber <laughs> commercial? Tonight I'll be having beer nuts. So there. <laughs> I'm happy to say now, though, we have That's, our...
2: that's charming behaviour, Kevin.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm being really adult today on this episode, but because I'm really excited about uh, You know this. where
2: you belong? In question time at Parliament. That's how they carry on up there. The Tour de France has oh, started. Yeah.
1: It started last Saturday. We talked to this man before it started, uh, but he's doing uh, for every day of the tour that it's on SBS... He's doing a different mm-hmm. dish. Mm. Oh, and some of the stuff that he's doing is out of this.
2: Guillaume world. Brahimi, yeah, can't wait to hear what he's cooking up on every stage of the tour. And people are absolutely, even if you don't have much of an interest in cycling, there are so many people that watch each stage of this, uh, this race because uh, the it's surrounds are
1: yeah. so beautiful yeah, and yeah, it breathtaking. It yep. So add, add that, add uh, add uh, this man's recipes, and I'm telling you, oh, oh, you're here we cooking. Are. You are. Good morning, guys. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate uh, your time. My my pleasure. My pleasure. And we are looking so forward to a the Tour de France because it is one of the uh, one of the great sporting events and uh, and I guess almost travel events of the world. But uh, you're adding a little bit of flavour to it that is going to be extra special. Yeah, I, you
4: know I am super excited. Uh, I'm excited um, for for two reasons. The first one is um, I love the Tour de France. Uh, you know, in France, you grow up with it. It's it, uh, during school holidays, the long summer holidays. And it's a little bit like, uh, I was saying a friend of mine, it's a little bit like the Boxing Day uh, mm-hmm. cricket test match in Australia. You know, everybody, you don't watch it all day, but it's there in the background of the television, of the radio. It's on. And the Tour de France is like that in France. You might be at the beach or you might be in the car going to the beach or to the market you can hear the Tour de France. So you might see the start, the end, but you always watch a part of it. So for me to be involved with it, it reminds me of so much my childhood. And and this year being, uh, being focusing on uh, obviously the winter because we are in Australia. So uh, I just uh, love cooking all these classical warm, earthy dishes. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds like a perfect uh, fit for you, Guillaume. And, and, you, you mentioned that uh, that in France it is actually summer here in Australia. We're freezing; it's winter. So your focus is going to be on hearty, warm winter comfort yes.
4: food. yeah, because you know the idea of it was for me to travel on, in France and do all the stage and 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 showcasing France. But obviously, we couldn't travel this year. So you know what? We just say you know what? We are so lucky to be in Australia to be able to use amazing produce because australia's got some amazing produce and to be able to cook the french classic with australian produce was uh, was great
2: and this you are doing this from australia so you're and you specialize in in contemporary australian cuisine with french influences so um, now how is this going to work how is this going to apply to the uh, the, the 21 uh, recipes you're going to
4: feature I, well, it was pretty good, I have to say, because I tried all of them. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, th- thanks uh, for no, the invite. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Well, well, uh, well <laughs> one step at a time. <laughs> uh, um, it works, you know, like winter in Australia is so, remind me so much of France, you know, and, and we've got the great produce here. we got, we got a great, uh, we say in French, uh, the terroir, you know, the produce from the land and the sea and the dairies well, this is world class so it, it wasn't that hard to recreate the French classical it would be hard if you don't follow my recipe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, and the other thing is you've you also you've not just stayed with the you know the, the hearty food you've also gone for the dessert plate as well which is
4: very French and very very nice uh, when we start talking about doing the second year of plat du tour it was like okay what am I going to do and it was a few seconds of, oh, I got 21 recipes. Oh, I pulled a piece of paper and I was at 40 dishes. Oh, wow. Oh. And the hardest part was about cutting, you know? Yeah. When you start thinking, you know, what's your favorite uh, winter dishes? What's your memories of winter at home? What's your memories, the memories of your grandmother, Sunday Ross, you know? And oh, yeah. And it was the list keep growing and growing and growing. We, we, we need, we need 40, 40 stage.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that must have been very difficult for you to actually narrow it down to a, to a collection of, of uh, oh, yeah. oh, Yeah.
4: It was, it, it was so hard And I asked my friend uh, working with me. I said, guys, help me because I, I can't take one off. <laughs> like I feel <laughs> because it, all of them, and you will see during the, the episode, there's so many memories of just, a blink of, of a memory of a lunch, and 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 also so importantly, cooking these dishes in this house. The smell reminds me so much of France. Oh. oh yeah, like yeah. we can never take away the importance of smell.
2: Yeah, mm. give us a, a little sneak preview of uh, of day one, Guillaume's, um and Parry Breast. I understand this is a, a favorite cake of oh, your day. Oh.
4: Okay, so you're going straight to the switch. Okay, <laughs> yeah, got why it. Not? Okay. Absolutely. Hello. <laughs> low. Well, Breast is, firstly, it looks like a, a bicycle wheel. Mm. And they, they, it's, it's, it's all about buttercream, azalea buttercream, and a shoe pastry. And that was my dad's, uh, I think it's still my dad's favorite dessert. It's decadent and it's delicious. And this dish reminds me so much of. We used to have this ritual on the Sunday and especially in winter to go around three or four o'clock in the pastry on the Sunday and buy a few desserts to have it at home. Mm-hmm. And I, my dad never shopped, but uh, that was he, he used to go for that. And all he wanted is everything with uh, creme au beurre a oh. buttercream. Oh, very.
3: Yeah.
1: Nice.
4: And for me to do that, remind me, like I was laughing during the <laughs> episode because I said, "If my dad be there, he couldn't help putting his finger in it."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'm on with your dad there. Hey, is, is French uh, cooking is French cooking technically difficult, or is that just a, a bit of a myth about f- cooking f- French dishes?
4: Ah, uh, follow the recipe, and there's some technique—the way you use your knife and all of that. But like after that, it's practice. Yep. and after that is passion and how much love you put into the dish you know I'm sure there's some uh, some men and women of there who will make a beef stew who I never have any training but they've got so much passion in it then they're making the best beef stew they can and I'm sure it's delicious but also the, the important part of it is um, is outsourcing the produce and I keep telling people when I, they say to me about recipes don't try to do uh, an asparagus recipe in the middle of winter. The mm. asparagus are not in season. For the seafood, go to your seafood supplier and just ask him in your shop what you've got good. Don't yeah. try. Be open-minded about what you're going to create. And we are in winter, so please use pear. Don't use mango for the dessert. That's mm. for you, that. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. um, uh, don't use uh, use cherries and Marty shock, Use global Artichoke. Use Cereac. You know, let's We'd be a better planet
1: if we use what's in season. <laughs> yeah, it makes well, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it?
2: I um, I went yeah. straight to the uh to the desert, and um, we've just been talking up the wonderful uh savory uh, dishes you've coming up, and I I I don't trust myself to to pronounce some of these dishes. I'd like to hear you say some, me, some of, me, some of me
4: them. I'll one.
2: Oh, Annie, so maybe the the bu- well the buckwheat galette sounds quite nice on day four. Ah, uh,
4: uh, the buckwheat galette, la galette. Uh, <laughs> that's that's. Uh, yeah, that's a Saracen galette. That's a, you know, I used to have that on on the border of the road uh, in Brittany. Just stop, you have a, and 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 you know, there is a joke in France: never go to uh, a crêperie and ask for sugar crepe. Oh. You know, like they be, oh my god, yeah. it's like you're you're Saracen. You know, like you're right. you're, you're a tourist, you're a tourist. Oh. You know, you need to have you need to have a ham, you need to have cheese, and you need to have an egg and the buckwheat gallet. And let me tell you, it is bloody delicious. Oh, very
1: good. And the good thing about this, you don't have to wear lycra to enjoy any of these foods, do you?
4: (laughs) Well, that was a big deal of my contract. That that was a deal breaker. <laughs> uh, uh, everything was decided till they said, "What about the Lacroix? And I'm like, well, it's <laughs> not <happening." laughs> We we look
1: forward to this as part of the uh, the Tour de France coverage on uh, on ESPN. Yeah, it's yeah, a me, really me, important me part of it.
4: Me too, because um, all the dishes are, are are delicious dishes, and and I hope people are going to enjoy it as much as I did cooking it. You know, like my goal uh, is for the people to recreate the dishes at home and saying, yeah, that was good. I'm not expecting them to create 21 dishes straight away, but, you know, to pick one and say, wow, I'm going to do this one, and that will make me a very happy human being.
1: Absolutely. Ah. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my, looking forward to pleasure, it. My pleasure, guys. Thank you.
0: My pleasure. Enjoy, enjoy the Barry breath. <laughs> <Just one 30 laughs> we will. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Merci. Chef. Merci. Bye, guys. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Links, bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au.
1: Uh, ah uh, My thanks to Guillaume, Patty Breast, yes. Oh. oh, Kevin, that was day one. It was like, for goodness sake, last Saturday night he was pulled out that. the big
2: guns for the first stage, oh. which was a dessert. Yeah,
1: that looks like it <laughs> looks like a bike wheel. Oh, it's beautiful. And I want him to make one the size of a bike wheel, and I'll sit there and I'll eat it. Oh. Gotta look good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, check that out on the SBS coverage of uh, the Tour de France uh, mm. with uh, Guillaume. Because and uh, it's very take nice. his
2: advice use food that is in um, season. Yeah. Beautiful, fresh produce. It's Absolutely. the only way to go.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for joining us on the Food Bites podcast. Thanks to Cheese Links. Now, if you're in lockdown or you're not in lockdown, cheese making is something that you can have some fun with. Yeah. And life should be about fun.
2: Well, life should be about cheese. And
1: about filling your guts with cheese. 52821984. That's the number to give Janet a call. Cheeselinks.com.au, all the social media platforms. Check out the Friday Food Poll on the Facebook page. Until the next time, the lovely Sarah Patterson, it's been absolutely
0: wonderful.
2: <laughs> Do I detect a touch of sarcasm? No,
0: <laughs> not from me. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.